Um, I might just, for the benefit of those um, listening on the recording, um, just reiterate some of the things said about um, sermons in the future and stuff. Um, church is going ahead here, as uh, as has been said, but um, in the future that might not be the case. And so the elders, uh, knowing the um, how beneficial it is to have sermons um, tailored to this church, uh, the elders will make that available um, through the MCC Connect uh, email system. So um, if you're not available with, uh, if you're not uh, on that, or if you uh, know someone who would benefit from it, please um, get in contact with David Price, and he'll be able to sort that out. Um, as we come before uh, this passage of scripture, let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord God, what a, a wonderful um, thing it is that you have uh, taught us and, and called us to um, live in the love that you have um, for us, Lord. Uh, thank you for the love that you've shown to us. Thank you um, so much for the, the faithfulness that we've been singing about this morning. Um, uh, Lord, I pray that um, in this time of, of struggle, Lord, that uh, we would be able to uh, hear your word um, and apply it in, uh, in ways that um, are honouring to you uh, and beneficial to each other in Christ's name. Amen. Uh, well, one of the things, I'm going to take this out and come up with around a bit. Uh, one of the things that, uh, that I think is really good about this church is uh, even though we have a, um, a, a love for community, um, it's in the name, isn't it? The Macro Community Church, I think, um, we're really good at, at getting out there on our own, um, in our individual everyday lives and spreading the gospel, uh, where we go. Uh, that's a wonderful thing and I think that's going to be really important, especially as we, um, potentially go into a time where we don't have um, Sunday morning services to bring people to that they can hear the gospel so much um, in this big corporate setting. Uh, we're going to need to be able to go out uh, individually in our everyday lives um, and just bring the gospel to people. Um, but I think there is a danger in that where we, uh, in, in focusing on what we do ourselves and individually, um, we can easily um, lose sight of each other and, and forget to uh, forget that what we do is, is designed to benefit each other. Um, as I focus on preaching the gospel where I am, I can forget about the people around me, the people, um, the, the people that are part of this church family with me. Um, and, and especially as this pandemic gets, um, gets worse and um, as it, make, it becomes harder and harder for us to all meet together um, in, in one big room like this, again, it can, be, it can, it can become difficult to um, remember that, there, that we are all one body and that we are all um, there to help each other. Now, let me read from Philippians 1 and 2. Paul says, Let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come or am absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. So if there is any encouragement from Christ, 
any uh, comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Um, it's going to be uh, really important for us to spread the gospel in our individual lives, but equally important that we uh, remember each other. We remember to be one body, one unified body in love. Um, now, as Hans uh, did mention before, the, the church in Corinth was um, the extreme opposite of, of um, the, the good things that I've described there. Um, they love being competitive. They uh, tr- constantly tried to outdo one another in how they serve God. Um, but in 1 Corinthians 12 to 14, Paul explained that ministry is not meant to be uh, selfish or, or, or showing off, but it's uh, unifying and edifying. Both the way and the reason we use spiritual gifts uh, is for the body. First uh, Corinthians 12.31 I will show you a more excellent way. And what's that more excellent way? As hands read out, it's love. Uh, now let me just take a moment to um, think about what is love. Because uh, it's uh, important that we remember that the, what Paul is describing here, the, the word used for love is um, an attitude, not a, not a feeling so much. Uh, it's a choice. Um, to put others before ourselves, to look out for the interests of others. Uh, it's, it's selflessness. Um, it's, uh, <clears throat> um, it's looking out for other people. Um, other people are more important than me, so I will give of myself for them. Um, now we, we have to ask them, why is love the most excellent way, the more excellent way? Well, Paul gives three reasons. Um, and in some ways, these are a bit, a bit uh, combative, like they're, they're trying to argue a point to the Corinthians. And as I said, the Corinthians didn't really value love that much. Um, they they love competition. They, um, in, in the Greek culture, selflessness and, and humility are not real high virtues. Um, but we're probably a bit different than that, aren't we? Like, even, even outside the church, people think that love is a good thing. Like, they might think they're better than, better at God, uh, sorry, better than God at love, but, but they certainly value love, and as we do here. <clears throat> so why would we study love? Why would we study why it's important? Um, well, let me, let me paint you a picture. I am a bit of a nerd. I do love maths. Um, but I'm, I'm well aware I've been a minority in that, obviously. Um, and so, if I, when I was in year 9 and 10, um, I would, of course, be in maths classes with, with a whole bunch of people, the whole spectrum, right? You've got people who like maths, people who don't like maths, and some people who, who just can't get it at all. And so, Every now and then, one of the kids who doesn't like maths will pipe up and say, Why should I have to learn this? I don't want to learn this. This is not important to me. It's not useful. Um, and, and so the maths classes have been stopped functionally uh, because all kids are going to go to the table, all years are on the maths teacher. What's he going to say to make this kid 
work do his work? How is he going to make uh, maths interesting and relevant to a bored teenager? Not only might it be good for me to, to remember next time someone says, well, where do you like maths, Nathan? More importantly, it will give me a greater uh, um, appreciation for what maths is, and I might even learn something about what it is and why it's important. Um, and I think that's the same reason why we should approach love, in, approach this passage of love, right? We might not have the same attitude as the Corinthians, um, but we can learn from the way that Paul addresses it. We can uh, be reinforced in our own minds um, about why it's important, and we can we can uh, learn from what he says to them more about more deeply what it is to love. Um, so let's have a look at the passage. Um, the Corinthians, the, 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 the student, heckling Paul, the teacher, um, their first question is, why should I learn this? Will my life be any worse off if I don't have love? So Paul responds in verses 1 to 3, life would indeed be very much worse off if you don't have love. Anything you do or be as a Christian is nothing if you don't have love. Two verses one to three again. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers so as to understand all mysteries and all knowledge but have, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away my body to be, sorry, if I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Um, now, as Paul mentioned, uh, sorry, as Hans mentioned before, uh, when Paul uses the examples of tongues and prophecy and knowledge, uh, these are things that the Corinthians really, really liked. Like, in, in the Greek culture, you were judged by how well you spoke, how, how authoritative and how smart you sounded. Um, so they've got all these, these ideas of prophecy and the, the knowledge and all these sorts of gifts that um, sound really smart to you and they're, they're really things that you can show off with. But Paul says, no, that's not the way it works. I could be the, I could have the greatest knowledge, be the best speaker, I could speak in the most beautiful languages on earth and still be nothing. In, in fact, worse than nothing, I could be a useless cacophony, like noisy gongs and cymbals and stuff. They don't make any useful noise at all. So how can this be, says the Corinthians? Paul says it would be because I don't have love. Now, as much as we, I think, admire a good preacher here in Russia, um, we probably aren't really quite so infatuated with those gifts as the Corinthians. Um, I think instead uh, we tend to value people who are who are gospel centric, who uh, maybe have biblical ideas and, and uh, are welcoming to others. Uh, but I think the same goes. If I preach the gospel wherever I go, but have not love, I'm a clinging god or a noisy symbol. And if I believe the gospel with my whole heart and I know what the Bible says and wholeheartedly affirm it is true but have not love, I'm nothing. If I open up my home and give away all my food, if I do all I can, 
Pepper Community Church a true community, but have not love. I am nothing. Perhaps that last one sounds a little bit out of place there. Um, it's, it's self-sacrificing. You know, it's giving for the sake of others. But if you look at the real verse, really, that's sort of the single thing going on. Paul's giving away all that he has. Um, as it says in the, the NIV, the pants for it out. It's giving away all that he has to the poor. Um, giving up his body to be burned. That no greater love has no man, right? Well, he can do all that and still not have love. Not only must he do loving things, but he must do them for loving purposes and in a way that is inherently loving, especially to other believers. Now, perhaps on that standard, um, many of us will find uh, we're not as loving as we like to think we are. I know that's certainly true for me. Oh, but that's a scary thing, isn't it? Because as Paul said, love is the difference between nothing and everything in Christian life. But, but regardless of how it reflects on us, it's, it goes to show, right, that love is the most excellent way. So the student pipes up again. But sir, does it really make any difference? I mean, like, what difference is it going to make if I do have love? Here we go. See, see how he comes up with that one. Well, yes, Paul says, love is going to make everything a lot better. Um, consider what verse, what love would be like if it was a person. Um, we see in verses four and five, love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It's not arrogant or rude. It does not exist. Sorry, insist on its own way. Is not irritable or resentful. Love is a kind person. And they look out for the good of others before themselves. They are forgiving. They don't hold a grudge. They're never going to act in an arrogant or rude way. You see, if this love person existed, they would be really, really nice. I want to meet them. I want to spend time with them. What a, what a great person to be around. Verse 6, uh, love does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Okay, maybe love's not that much to be around. But yeah, if you stop and think about it, love is definitely good. Uh, the moral side of love is definitely a good thing. Think about how love would act around you. They'd never swear, they'd never cheat on you, they'd never lie on you, they'd be entirely trustworthy. You never have to look up look after love after he got drunk and passed out at a bar and, and vomited all over some tough looking guy, right? Love finds no pleasure in doing anything bad, but rejoices when people do and say what's right and true. Verse 7, love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. How oh, a beautiful um, poetic repetition going on there which uh, um, you can sort of find that poetry idea going on all the way through. Paul's not just lecturing about this. He's, he's, he's exploding in, in joyful um, poem and praise. Um, but, but we see here, love would be willing to go through anything for the sake of others. 
It puts them themselves through any struggle necessary so that other people will be better off. Any struggle, right? Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. There's a line in the Avengers movie, love would be the one to lay down on the wire and let the other guy crawl over you. Love would never give up. It, it'll never, he'll never tell you that's, that's going too far. He said, I won't do that. He'll never tell you you've asked too much of What an amazing friend that would be. Completely selfless, completely trustworthy, always forgiving, always, uh, always going the extra mile. Now I hope I don't need to tell you we're not like that. You know, we're, we're a country that's fighting over toilet paper. This is not love, right? Difficult times really scratch away the surface, the veneer that we try to coat ourselves with. These people hoarding food and supplies, weren't they the same people that a couple of months ago were saying we need to stick together and share to rebuild after the fires? None of us is truly as loving as we would like to think we are. I mean, you may not be doing all that stuff, but but the, the, the principle remains. We're not that kind of person. But imagine a community. Imagine a church or a town or a nation made up of people like this. Imagine how caring that would be. Imagine living in that society. You never have to fear anything. You always be looked after. Imagine what, how it would be to work with love. Or to, to be doing ministry with them. Imagine how joyful life would be if you lived with this person called love. Well, that right there that you're imagining, that is why love is the most excellent way. So the, the, the unruly Corinthian student pipes up again. A third objection. But Paul, in heaven, yeah, when I... What, what if I never need to use love again? Right? What, why should I learn it if I'm never going to have to use it again? Well, well Paul knew that's not the case, right? Verse 8 makes that clear. Love never ends. But Paul, when I'm, in, when I'm going to be a great, wise, and knowledgeable speaker, how is love going to help me then? Well, Paul says, no, you're not going to be that. You're not going to be showing off how well you speak or what you know. Because the things that we stop doing in heaven are the things that the Corinthians are obsessed with. They love their prophecy. They love speaking in tongues, their, their superior knowledge. <clears throat> but there will be no need for that eventually. Um, you know, the, um, none, no longer will they, anyone say know the Lord, for they will all know me, declares the Lord, in Jeremiah 31. There will be no, all that, have, all that can be taught will have been taught, all that can be known will be known, all the peoples and languages will be reached, there's no more need for tongues, there's no more need for teaching, there's no more place for showing off knowledge. You know when you were a kid, right, you, you did stuff that makes no sense now. Like, there were, I guess there's logic behind it, and you can kind of think it through, but it's kid logic. It doesn't make sense in a way that, that would make an adult do that. 
Well, in the same way, sister, when we are glorified, we'll, we'll be grown up. And the things that we do now won't be the same as the things we do then. But what we do now, that we will do then, are faith and hope and love. So there's a group of this mindset of, oh, well, love now and we'll show off in heaven. Uh, the Corinthians might have had. It doesn't make sense. Perhaps you've heard uh, music leaders, myself included probably, um, try to prove how great music ministry is. And one of the things that, that we music leaders love to talk about is that's what we'll be doing in heaven, right? That's a, that's a clincher. That's, that shows that, that music ministry is the best ministry going around. Well, that says Paul is how we should talk about faith and hope and love. They're, those are what we'll be doing forever in heaven. And the greatest of these is love. That is why love is the most excellent way. So now the troublemaker is silent. Paul has, Paul has answered all his objections. But the class doesn't go back to work because another student raises their hand. Sir, the real problem is whether I want to do it or not, it's just too hard. I can't do it. Perhaps that's how you feel about love. You get that it's the most excellent way, but it's just too hard. The standard that I've just described is too high. So I want to address that here in a fourth point. What if I can't love? But before I like really dig down into that question, I want to point out not once in this passage has Paul actually said, you know why you have to learn this love stuff? Because God says so. You know, what's the, the first and greatest commandment? Love your Lord, you God with all your heart, and love your mind, all strength, soul, and soul and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. So just shut up and get on with it, right? Paul doesn't say that. He says, he could, have, he could easily have told us just to do love, but he never did. I think that's, that's part of the grace of God, isn't it? He teaches us in full knowledge of our weakness. Because it is true, love is too hard for us. It's so far beyond what we can do. Love, the person that I described before, is not you, it's not me, it's not anyone else in all of history. Except one single person. Love. Love incarnate. His name was Jesus. The rest of us, right, in and of ourselves, we're selfishness, we're pride, we're not love, we're the opposite of love from the core of who we are. But Jesus was love, completely, continually. But you say to me, well, what difference does it make, Nathan? What, what difference does it make that love incarnate lived 2,000 years ago? It makes it easier. It doesn't make it any easier for me to be that love myself. Ah, but that is where you're wrong. Remember last week, Pete talked about how Jesus took all of our sin on himself and gave us his perfection. The double substitution. Remember that? How the, the more sinful uh, we realize we are, the more holy we realize God is, the greater we realize the gospel is, that it gets us from our sinfulness to God's holiness. 
But, but I want to add to that the gospel gets even better than that. Flick with me uh, uh, back almost to the start of, of 1 Corinthians, back a few chapters. And I want to read chapter 1, verses 4 to 9. Paul says, I give you thanks. First Corinthians chapter 1, verses 4 to 9. I give thanks to my God always because, always for you because of the grace of God that was given you in Christ Jesus. That in every way you were enriched in Him. What does that mean? It means that through Jesus you have been given power to be like Jesus. Jesus Christ didn't just die to that. Jesus just lived 2,000 years ago in a diet that makes no difference to us. He rose from the dead and he went to heaven and from heaven he sent his own spirit to what? Live in us. So that we could be like him. So that we can live out his love and his goodness that he's given us as a free gift as we talked about last week. Um, and so Paul said, you were enriched in him in every way, in all speech and all knowledge, even as the testimony about Christ was confirmed among you, so that you are not lacking in any gift. As you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will sustain you till the end, guiltless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ, God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. See, as it says there, when the testimony about Christ was confirmed among you, that, that is when your life was changed, when you believed in Jesus, you have been enriched through His Holy Spirit. Perhaps you're here and you haven't believed in Him, um, but, but, but you can today. I encourage you to believe in Jesus today, and in that moment you will receive the Holy Spirit. And through that, says Paul, you are not lacking in any gift. Including love. You and I have the power to love. Not in ourselves, no. In God. In the Holy Spirit who we put in us. By the power of the Spirit of Christ we can live in love. So let's uh, turn back to, to our passage. Uh, 1 Corinthians 13. I want to show you a single solitary command in our passage. In fact, it's not even in our passage. It's, it's in the next chapter. Chapter 14, verse 1. Pursue love, says Paul. Again, this, this is not the same as Paul just outright saying, do love, right? Pursue love. He's calling us to make it our aim to love. To, to grow into it. To grow and be filled with God's love. You might aim to be a great musician, you might aim to be a great scientist, or a great transperson, or a great housewife, or a great artist, or a, or a great preacher, or music leader, Sunday school teacher, whatever it is that you aim for in life. All of these things are great to aim for, in their own way, and if they're given the right priority. But in, this, but in the same way that you might aim for those, Paul says, aim for love. Aim to be filled with Jesus' love by the power of the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> that should be our highest aim. I think the implication of this verse also is that, is that we would uh, go about aiming for that, go about growing into love in a very similar 
away. Only that you would be filled with and characterized by Jesus' love. Practice it. And, and I don't mean that in the, the normal, uh, circular churchy way that we mean practice by. But I mean just, just normally. Practice, do it with the aim of getting better. And get excited about how we will spend eternity loving each other. Love is the most excellent way to pursue love by the power of the Holy Spirit of Christ. And now I haven't been, I, I know that I haven't been the most uh, practical possibly this morning, but um, there's plenty of uh, examples of, we've talked a bit before about how we might love during this COVID pandemic, but, um, but I just wanted to get in the right mindset about how we can only love by the power of the Spirit of Christ. Psalm 133 verse 1 says, Behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell together in unity. How true that is. How good and pleasant it is when we dwell in the unity of love. May we be a church, a family, that is united by love. And that doesn't mean we have to always meet together in the same way and 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 doesn't mean we have to hug each other as uh, Greg's going to jump up and down about this, but it doesn't mean we have to be physical um, in the, the same way that we can't be during this pandemic. But as we go out into our daily lives, into our individual ministries, even into our houses that are, that are closed up and locked against the virus, we remember each other. We look out for each other. Remember each other in love. Friends, the love of Christ has pursued us. So let's pursue it in turn by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so, may we dwell and work together in love the most excellent way. Father God, how good and pleasant it is when we, as both brothers and sisters in Christ, dwell together in unity and love. You have called us to live by the love of Christ uh, because that is by far the most excellent way uh, and yet we confess how so often, Lord, uh, we are content with lesser loves uh, or, or, or even with infighting and competitiveness um, and grudges. But Lord, I just pray now um, that by the power of your Spirit you would give us the grace that we need to love truly as you have loved us and, and as you love each other in the Trinity. May we pursue Christ's love because of how he has pursued us and may we long for the day uh, when, we, when we cast aside the imperfect, the partial, uh, and when the perfect comes that we will love uh, you and love each other as well in perfectness imperfections are in, in uh, forever. And in the name of Christ we pray all these things.